Becker's Hospital Review is committed to delivering our audience safe access to vital educational opportunities. With this in mind, our 11th annual meeting will be in virtual format for the first time. Whether in the home or workplace, attendees will have access to sessions where industry leaders will be discussing the most pressing issues in healthcare, including the rise of virtual care, addressing clinician burnout, and delivering on-price transparency. To learn more, click on the conference tab at beckershospitalreview.com. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Michelle Meyer, CEO of Washington County Memorial Hospital in Washington County, Missouri, and Vice President of Operations at Mercy Hospital Jefferson in Festus, Missouri. Michelle, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you, Laura. Glad to be here. Now, before we jump into the questions, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Uh, Well, I'm a nurse by background. I've served in a variety of leadership roles, CEO of uh, a 160-bed hospital, uh, VP of operations, CNO. So I have had a variety of leadership roles in larger facility, and right now I have a dual role like you shared um, with VP of operations at Mercy Hospital Jefferson and a CEO role um, here at Washington County Memorial Hospital um, through a management service agreement from Mercy to Washington County. So that is a little bit about clinical as well as leadership and operations. It's been a wonderful uh, sort of journey navigating the clinical and other leadership roles, but uh, it all comes back to the patient care at the end of the day. So it's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that sounds fantastic. And I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about you and just what you've been seeing down there in Missouri. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about Washington County Memorial Hospital and a few points of pride? Sure. You know, sometimes you think bigger is easier. I would say you think smaller is is easier, I'm sorry. But it's really, to me, a lot harder. You kind of appreciate all the variety of hats and, and, and pride with that, that many people take multiple, wear multiple hats, where in larger institutions you have all these resources and people to help you out with. But Washington County Memorial Hospital, it's a 25-bed critical access hospital located in Potosi, Missouri. And with that, we have three rural health centers, an off-site therapy center. It's been in operation as a sole community hospital since 1963. It serves about 25,000 people for Washington County entity. And there's quite a bit of Medicaid, Medicare, and some challenge situations in in our community, making it sometimes very hard and financially viable. It's been on the fragile, challenged list as a a CAW across in the United States. But throughout the year, I mean, with due years through due diligence in trying to serve this underserved population, it's been able to survive and resilience with this community with that. And we, you know, we have a variety of services, naturally, not only the hospital, but with the pride is, you know, trying to recruit and retain the primary care, which is so hard in rural America and the nurse practitioners. 
one thing that we've changed here, and, and I'm really happy about it, is that it's, it was hard to, to recruit for inpatient coverage and outpatient coverage in a clinic. So what we have done, we partnered with Rural Physician Group, and we have 24-7 hospitalists that actually stay in the hospital 24-7, just like the emergency department, and we're the only hospital in the state of Missouri, a CA is, that is, that has two physicians in-house 24-7. And this person is here with hope to trying to keep care local as much as possible to educate our staff um, to help be there for patients and families for communication. So that has been really something that we are we're happy that we were able to financially work out as well as for the care of the community. One thing, uh, you know, we have the highest stroke rates, the highest cardiology incidence of death in, in the state of Missouri, Washington County, because of the demographics, I, I think that it, it, it appears. So we became stroke level three accredited by the state of Missouri for time critical. So very proud of that and that team. Um, and we definitely have, have changed some of the course of outcomes of stroke. We are trying to go for a STEMI level three by May 21, assuming that we can get our stroke, our STEMI survey. So very proud of that. You know, trying to educate, trying to increase awareness of STEMI, and you know, within our community and increasing the levels for our staff. You know, we're trying to be there for our patients, and I, and I think, you know, one thing for a rural hospital is everybody knows your name here. And out of the 262 coworkers, 160 of them are employed from Washington County. So I think they take pride to offer because it's not just a patient, it's their neighbor, it's their family member, and really trying to connect that transitions of care, those same day's appointments. So uh, very, very thankful to our coworkers here, you know, and caring for and the way they're caring for their patients. That's fantastic to hear. It sounds like you've got a lot going on and, and really <laughs> something to be proud of in terms of having a, a rural healthcare facility that is in a good position to thrive. What are you seeing right now with COVID-19 and how are your strategies evolving to mitigate it? Sure. Well, you know, we had the surge probably right between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas there in our community. Right now, we, we are seeing the positivity rate down to about 16%. It was about 25% within our community. You know, right at the very beginning, I will share, and again, a pride with that of partnership with the Department of Health, with EMS, and with our hospital, we enacted the Washington County Incident Command, and we met as a community every week, and we still are meeting. So, I mean, trying to use the resources, what we can within our, within our community. So I think that it is, you know, trying to enact that as quickly as possible. And, you know, what we did was we, communication was powerful. We would do PSAs. It's a very social community here. Some of things posting on Facebook and trying to get that out in the local community paper of how to, you know, hopefully educate, even though it's a very, 
you know, challenging population for COVID. It was our duty to educate. At the same time we enacted the community incident command, we obviously enacted our hospital incident command. And that was probably one of the first times Washington County Hospital enacted, you know, the incident command, and that's still ongoing. So we're always challenging ourselves to adapt to it. You know, do we have enough? I mean, we have our, you know, our our go-to agenda, you know, the PPE. We have enough PPE on hand making sure, you know, that we're communicating about visiting, about patient care, about staff, um, you know, uh, staff care. We had a lot of staff get COVID or presumptive, and how are we going to respond in taking care of the patient and yet taking and doing it without, let's say, 25% of our staff at some time. So, um, you know, that is what we're responding to. Now, right now, our, you know, our staff uh, it really reduced down to only 2% of our staff right now having either out for COVID or under the presumptive. So, um, you know, it's been a challenging, you know, I, I think the adaptability in incident command and in both incident commands is, is in, imperative. You know, for example, um, we started offering car side visits. Uh, you know, people were not comfortable coming into the office setting. You know, we started to do curbside, and I, I don't know if that's going to go away. You know, it's sort of like outside dining or, you know, that we're seeing in restaurants. I, I think people like that. Now, it won't be for everybody, but, you know, I can see that what we did in COVID will still continue. What doesn't work really well is telehealth here because of the broadband or lack of broadband for rural America. So some of telehealth works in our market. Some of them just don't. That has been a mixed bag until, you know, I think the country for rural America figures out broadband with that. We've obviously have done all the social distancing. We've done, you know, we moved around furniture. We staggered, you know, we disinfected more. We've halted all events. Everything's virtual. Things that we, you know, we commonly took for granted, meetings and stuff, we've all went WebEx. So that changed for us. We're just trying to be that leader in our community, working collaboratively with the County Emergency Operations Center. So those are some of the things and strategies that, and pride that we've enacted, the incident commands, that things you talk about probably annually at survey process times, but enacting it as a whole, you know, it's been a learning process with that. Absolutely. That sounds really interesting and definitely is uh, something hopefully will make the hospital and the community stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as we wrap up our conversation, I had one more question for you around leadership. What are three mm-hmm. pieces of advice that you would give to emerging leaders today? I think be flexible and willing to change all the time. You know, you have to evolve. You have to be flexible. The pandemic was a great example of that changing how we practice, changing how we communicate, changing um, how we're, you know, doing things and processes. So, you know, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's being asked to do something different, whether it's being a change of, of, you know, of your responsibility, be flexible, but in that flexibility, be positive because, um, you know, you're the leader and you set the tone, particularly in a pandemic situation. I mean, you have to be as, um, you know, you're looked upon. And I think if you're looked upon as panic-driven, then that will, in, you know, ingratiate your, your, 
your community. So flexibility with positivity, that would be one. I think own your mistakes and be willing to try things, but also if it doesn't work, it's okay. You know, um, take a different course. Be willing to change and acknowledge it and go a different route. It's all right. And I think uh, always be true to yourself and your character. We can only take that with us and try to stay to your own true north. You, You know, when you're faced with a lot of different things, of all the negativity sometimes out there in our community. But, you know, I always do new employee orientation and um, I always spend time with our coworkers trying to share what we're trying to accomplish in Washington County. And what I, what I always say is, you know, if, it, if, it, if it's not illegal, if it's not immoral, if it's not unethical, it's probably right. And, you know, and, and hopefully that's always our true north. And, um, you know, I mean, I will always support that. If it meets any of those criteria that, it, that it's not any of those, well, it's probably you shouldn't be doing it anyway. But try to be true to yourself and true to the right things to be done and, and, and how you do it. Well, fantastic. Michelle, thank you so much for this fascinating discussion. I really appreciate your three pieces of the leadership advice. Number one, be flexible and willing to change and knowing how to communicate that to those who you're leading. Number two, owning your mistakes and being willing to try new things. And then number three, being true to yourself. I think all of those things are extremely important for anybody who's looking to grow into a leadership role. It's been a fascinating discussion. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Oh, thanks, Laura. You take care and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. (laughs) 